You're watching the Sports Objective, the podcast for pirates. You're listening to Absolute Empowerment with Coach Jeff Connors on the Sports Objective. Join Coach C, the USA Strength and Conditioning Hall of Famer, every Monday night to see in a variety of guests, including former players, former and current coaches, pastors, and others will discuss relevant issues in coaching today's athlete. The goal of equipping the athlete and those coaching them with the physical, mental, and spiritual armor necessary to live their best life. Here's Coach Connors. Uh, good evening and welcome to Absolute Empowerment. Today our guest is former NFL fullback, three-time Pro Bowl selection, Associated Press first team NFL All-Pro selection, Super Bowl champion, and former ECU Pirate Vontae Leach. And uh, I had uh, not a whole lot of time to coach Vontae, but enough time to get to know him a little bit. And uh, Vontae, welcome to the show. Hey, what's going on, Coach? Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's awesome. So we got a lot of things to talk about. And, uh, you know, recently I had Terrell Williams on, Rod, and uh, and some other players. And, you know, we kind of have some common topics that I like to hear about. But uh, one of the purposes of the show is to help young guys uh, kind of wade through some of their decisions and uh, have a little bit of a realistic uh, view of the NFL and uh, learn a little bit about what it takes to be successful, uh, not only in the NFL, but in life after the NFL and life in general. So uh, uh, we're, we're trying to get more young folks, more young athletes to listen to these podcasts. And that's that's one of the primary purposes. And then also to try to provide them with a spiritual life. Uh, so, uh, I'm going to put things in reverse today with you and, uh, All right. I want to talk about, uh, basically what you are doing now first. All right. Well, basically what I'm doing now, um, I am on a, I'm an elected official. I'm on a local school board here in Robinson County. Um, I'm serving, uh, my second year. I just finished my, finishing up my second year of a four year term. Um, so I, I, um, I moved back to where I'm from, you know, um, I'm from Robertson County. I moved back to Lumberton and I want to serve, you know, and help, you know, underprivileged kids and, um, be a voice so people don't have a voice or a lot of open school boards. So that's what I'm doing now. Gotcha. Now you told me that you also have another venture. You're going to uh, open yeah. a restaurant. So tell me yes, about that. I'm um, open up a restaurant. You know, never thought I'd be in the restaurant business, but I am open up a restaurant um, in Fayetteville, North Carolina. It's a Hay Street Kitchen. It's going to be a Southern cuisine. You know, we're going to be serving a lot of good soul food there. We're going to have a lot of live music, uh, entertainment. You know, or you know, you can bring the family. You can come on a nice date. We just got to. Yeah. It's downtown Fayetteville on Hay Street. We're also going to have a rooftop. So, pretty excited about that. We're within about 45 days to open. Wow, that sounds exciting. Now, do you have some of like grandma's recipes up in there? Or what the, uh, we, 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 we we're gonna about? have some and we're gonna have some of that stuff, but we're gonna have some uh, you know, of course we're gonna have the delicacy, you know, some fried chicken mac mac and cheese. Uh, we're also gonna have um, a Robinson County thing, what you call some color, uh some uh, sweet we got a lot of stuff there. So like I said, we're gonna have a it's gonna be a southern cuisine and we're gonna I think we're gonna have a lot of stuff, chicken and waffles, a lot of different stuff that you get when you go to these other places. We're going to have it at our spot. 
Well, you know, my wife makes her grandma's collards, man. That's some of the best I ever ate. So we might have to share that <laughs> recipe with you. <laughs> yeah, come on now. <laughs> I'm kind of partial to some peach cobbler too, you know. All that good, all that good stuff. You got to have some vanilla ice cream with it. And it's oh, got to yeah. be warmed up. <laughs> I hear you, brother. Hey, that sounds great. It sounds exciting and uh, sounds like fun too. Uh, so tell me a little bit about your family. Uh, uh, do you have children? Uh, yes, yes, I do. Okay. I, have, I have two daughters. One is actually uh, uh, finishing up college. She's senior this year at ECU, so okay. she'll be finishing. So she'll be finishing up. Um, we got another younger daughter. She's actually in the seventh grade. So it's a house full of women, and it's me. So that, that that's part of a family. So uh, we got two daughters. I'm very proud of. You know, proud dad. You know, I'm a, I'm a, um, I'm a dad. I'm a dad girl, a girl dad. I got you. <laughs> yes, sir. I just, uh, we just got a little granddaughter. She's a couple months oh. old now, so we're real excited about that. Of course. Oh, yeah. congratulations! You, I know she's gonna have you wrapped around the fingers, buddy. Oh yeah. Well, uh, let's go to uh, uh, the young Vontae Leach now. Growing up. Uh, mm -hmm getting interested in athletics. Uh, tell me a little bit about your influences growing up. What, what kind of pointed you to athletics? And then uh, what were your experiences, uh, you know, coming through high school and, and who were your influences? All right. Well, you touched on a lot of points there. So let me just get there. I grew up in a small town called Roller, North Carolina. Um, in a town one stop light, we didn't have much to do. Um, I grew up with my mother. I come from a single parent home. I grew up with my mother. Um, I got first involved in sports, just a way for me to keep coming home from school every day. You know, um, I had no, didn't know nothing about college or anything. I just started playing sports, you know, just for me to have something to do, just to stay active, you right. know, and, um, in order for me to have good grades, in order for me to play sports, my mom made me have good grades. I had to make the AB honor roll, you know, and I thank you for that today because when it was time to get recruited or be recruited at a college or something, my grades was already good, so we didn't have to worry about right. that. But um, let's go back to my eighth grade year. And um, I didn't start playing football until my eighth grade year. You know, I played baseball, um, basketball, and football the last sport I actually played. So, um, I had one of the guys come up to me, one of my teachers, and say, you can write your ticket to anywhere you want to go. Listen, I'm probably 14 years old, maybe younger. Don't know what the word that means. You know, didn't have no clue, you know. So, but So you can write your ticket to wherever you want to go, you know. And I, um, I had some coaches. I had some coaches in my life. Like I said, I did took my mom and my grandma made sure I had good grades, um, kept me out of trouble, if I got in any kind of trouble, you know. Little stayed there was at schoolhouse. They was uh, they was always encouraging me. They kept me on straight and narrow. Um, I had some coaches, you know, uh, that that kept me um, kept me good. It kept me involved. Um, my uncle, like I said, I have people in the community, um, in the church that that stuck around me. That 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 you know, it took a whole village, you know. Right. From my parents, for my parents, so. Uh, to my grandma, my granddaddy, to my uncle, to my coaches that I had, you know, uh, Rick McKinnon, uh, Mike Brill, you know, they kind of took the interest and stuff in me, and we still talk to this day. So I had people 
all around it took a, a, a part or interest in me. They kept me out of trouble, kept me involved, and kept me on the right track. Now, who recruited you to ECU, and what other offers did you have? Who, what other schools were you looking at? Coach uh, McManus, that was my guy. Coach Mac uh, yeah. recruited me to ECU. Um, I remember him and Steve Logan came down to, to recruit me. But I was highly recruited out of high school. Um, I had the Carolinas, the NC State, the Tennessee, uh, Florida, uh, Florida State. Um, I remember John uh, John Chavis, the, the defense coordinator for Tennessee, the defense coordinator at Tennessee at the time. He came to my high school to watch him play a football game. I mean, but I didn't want to leave the state. I was a country boy. I was a good old North Carolina boy. I had no desire to leave the state of North Carolina, you know. And uh, back then, you talk about ninety, you talk about ninety eight, ninety nine. ECU had one of the best football teams in the state. And I said, hey, yeah. I want to be a part of ECU. Right. No doubt. I know we were all very happy to get you uh, to commit to to ECU. I remember that, and of course. <laughs> I was there for a little while with you. Uh, so I guess I'm kind of wondering, you know, when I went to Carolina with, uh, and you guys came up and played Carolina, I think uh, Lefevre and Purnell were the inside backers. So uh, what what were you doing in that game? I, I couldn't remember. Well, Pur- Purnell was the inside. Well, okay. Purnell was the inside backer. Uh, Gray was the outside backer. Uh, they were both inside backs. What I was doing, I was splitting time with both of them. We okay. have a series. We have a series. We had a count. Right? Then we have rows and we had a count. It would be three, two, three. So I go in, spell them, and stuff like that. I also started special teams, right. stuff like that. And I also was a short yardage back. I also was a short yardage back and goal line on fullback for our offense. Okay. So uh, did you redshirt? No, I didn't register. Okay. I played the two. I uh, played the two freshmen. And you remember when um, they wanted the red shirt, but Freddie Griffin had got hurt. Um, right. I think three or four games into the season, so they had to take that red shirt off of me, and I had to play. Right. I started out red shirt, no. Yeah. Well, that was one of the hardest days of my life coaching against you guys. Cause, man, <laughs> that's a lot of people I, I really cared about over on that other sideline, and. Uh, you know, of course, I cared about cared about the guys I was coaching too because I spent a lot of time with them preparing for the season. But uh, yeah, that was one of the toughest days of my life. Uh, I so. know that hey, we let we let y'all off the hook too. They they called that. Uh, I can, I still remember they called that sixty yard touchdown. I think yeah. either by Art or by uh, it was either Art or uh, Leonard Henry. I forgot which one. It was like it was- a sixty yard touchdown. The referee didn't even see no block in the back or nothing. He turned around, the guy was on the ground. He threw the flag. <laughs> well, I know that, that they, they, uh, I know that one of our our guys at Carolina punched that ball out when uh, somebody yep. I think it was Hart running the kickoff. Yeah, running the kickoff back yep. also. Yeah, I, I remember that also. It, it was a packed house down there. <laughs> right. Uh, well, looking at. Uh, Looking at your career at ECU, and then you know, I just want to say a couple of things about how I saw you and your characteristics because I really saw you being very similar to Rod Coleman in, in a lot of ways. I mean, uh, 
you know, my dad coached me all through high school and I played in college and, you know, I love the contact part of the game. And uh, my dad would always say football is fun, fun if you win and win if you hit. (laughs) Where I grew up, it was all about hitting somebody. It was all about contact. And uh, if you didn't want to hit somebody, you wouldn't, you probably wouldn't last on our high school team very long. But, uh, you know, uh, you guys were hardcore headbangers all the time, uh, physically tough. Uh, and, you know, I'll, I'll use the words nasty and ruthless, and I'm using those in a positive way. But, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, when you want to win, you know, sometimes you, hey, you I do what you got to do. It takes to get the job done, man. Uh, very competitive. And I was telling Rod, I thought he was resilient and willing to play with pain. You know, same thing with you from what I saw. And uh, and those characteristics that you had, uh, I look at those. And then when I watched you play in the NFL, I saw you magnify all those characteristics. And you got better as you <laughs> – as you played in the NFL, it seemed like you just got better and better and uh, more physical and more violent. And more as you gained confidence, uh, I know that I know that little tailback with the Ravens uh, probably should have given you a bonus every week, man. Because <laughs> uh, uh, you were, you know, you were leading up in there on a linebacker or whoever. And uh, so going back to ECU. Um, you know, what, what were some of your best experiences there? And I was curious as to if you played much running back at all at ECU or, you know, because of course, when I was there, you were linebacker. So uh, was there any transition or did you, you go on both, especially with McManus recruiting you? Uh, I know that he recognized your value as, as a fullback. Well, uh, I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell you uh, what what happened, what transpired. Uh, my uh, my sophomore year, we 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 go into we go into camp. Um, we go into camp of my sophomore year. You know, um, they brought in some younger linebackers that were a little faster. They were faster than me and stuff. So uh, they said that we would change our defense. We went from a four three to a three four. Put me on the outside, hand on the ground. I hated it, hated it, hated it. Then, you know, uh, that's the same year also, you know, I, I played in the fraternity. I played to make a sci-fi. You know, yeah. the coaches weren't really coaches weren't really happy about that. But yeah. you know, um, so we got into the game. We got it, we the first two, I think our first two or three games in the season, we played West Virginia. We went up there to West Virginia. Our running backs, uh, West Virginia probably had over West Virginia probably had over four hundred yards rushing on us. Um, our running backs couldn't get to the second level. Um, they can, they can, they can't get past the second level after they get through the hole and stuff. A lot of backs always tackle and stuff. So Sunday morning, we uh, they called me to the office and they were like, uh, "We go over there, you know how you had your Sunday practice and stuff. Walk through, Vante, you switching your position. Um, we switch your position, which that's the second or third switch within a year. We switch your position, your offense now." You're not, you're not no more on defense. So, you know, I was bad. I was mad and stuff at first. Um, I went to um, went to Logan, went to Logan office. Uh, 
one offense coordinator office at the time. Um, and they had all these plays written on the board. They said, look at this, buddy. This is how much you're going to play. You see all these plays? This is you. They had uh, eye formation. We lined up pro-eye, slot-eye, all these kind of formation stuff. <laughs> you know, and I had no idea, but it's probably at that time was probably one of the best, you know, the best decisions or the, yeah. the best thing in my career. You know, as far as I don't think I could have made the league as a linebacker, but as a fullback, you know, um, yes. So that's probably one of the best thing. It, it was the saddest day and the best day probably of my life. Don't know when it happened to me, you know. And looking back at it, didn't know that then. But knew that now, and you ever hear Logan talk on some of his shows and stuff, you know, that's what his claim to fame that he made me a lot of money to switch me to fullback. But it, it was good. You know, I, like I said, I didn't like it at first, but I got used to it, and it, the rest is history. Yeah. Well, not only did you enjoy hitting somebody in the mouth, but uh, you also uh, had a lot of potential in the weight room. You know, I mean, as far as getting strong, I mean, the sky was the limit for you. You know, you made me and people like me, my job's easy, you know, because uh, <laughs> you responded very quickly to training. And, of course, you know, I was a numbers guy and record, record yep. board guy and all that kind of good stuff. Correct. But, uh, uh, but uh, I saw that definitely as a, a big attribute for you. Now, uh, you signed as a free agent, is that correct? Yes, yeah, signed as a free agent to the Green Bay Packers. Right. So, you know, when you got there, tell me a little bit about their training program and, uh, you know, how they conducted that and how that was different in the NFL Uh was it kind of a, a shock to you? Was it similar? Uh, how did you find it? It was a complete shock. Number one, number one, I was star, uh, starstruck that one. You you walk into the locker room, you see the lights like a uh, uh, Brett Favre, you see a uh, Bubba Franks, a Donald Driver, on uh, my mind green, um, and you're uh, the grave digger, and you're a part of these. You know you. The first couple of days, it was a shock. Then after that, you have to get over it because you, you're here now. You're a part of these guys now. You want to be on this team. And you want to be a part of this organization. So um, once the initial shock got over, over, you know, and I had to learn how to practice. What I mean, learn how to practice. I'm a physical guy. I, uh, I like to hit. I had to learn how to practice without uh, practice with shorts and shoulder pads on. Practice without shoulder pads on. You know, uh, you had to learn how to do that. You know. Uh, had to learn how to catch the ball more, you know, how to run through the catch, you know. Had a lot of transitions that, you know, I had to learn. When I was at ECU, um, they just told me just that I had to, I knew who I had to block. I blocked the toughest guy, the baddest guy on the other side of the ball, or with defensive end or linebacker. Linebacker, they told me to go block him. They just said, get him out the hole. With no technique and nothing, they just told me, go get him out the hole. You know, square the mouth, get him out the hole. You know, and then as I got to the next level, you know, um, I had a running back, Adrian Bennett. I had um, uh, William Henderson. He's an East Carolina guy, you know, kind of took me up under the wings and showed me stuff, showed me some techniques, you know, how to stay low, how to drive through your hips and all that kind of stuff. So it was a learning experience. But once I got it, you know, I felt like I blowed in this league and I could play for a long time once I got it. Yeah. I, when I trained George Koontz in the summers for a few years and uh, I made it up there for one visit. And uh, 
I was kind of amazed that the, the, uh, they wrote the workout on the grease board. And I was like, man, that's, <laughs> that's a pretty easy workout. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess it's kind of like, you know, uh, well, individualized to some extent. It, it, it was individualized. And this is the thing, coach, you know, uh, just like you've been coach all the years. You, at that level, you can't get nobody hurt in the weight room. You yeah. can't, you know, this is, you're talking about a lot of money, a lot of what you know, What you want to do, what guys want to do is probably you're not going to get stronger during the season. What guys are at that level, they want to maintain and maintain the flexibility and do pre- preventative maintenance, whether yeah. than anything, you know, because if, if you get this guy, this million dollar guy hurt, you know, um, the head man going to be coming down, coming down and talking to you or something like that. So, it, it, it was real, like I said, it was real adjustment. But like I said, you know, these guys spend 40, 50 hours, sometimes 60 hours a week practicing football, looking at film. Still, yeah. you got to maintain your workout. It's a whole lot different. But the workouts was a whole lot shorter. But then, like you said, there was position specific or person specific. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Uh... Yeah, I just saw where uh, the Broncos let their guy go. I, I know the guy, but they said, you know, we're letting this guy go because there's too Somebody many injuries. Yep. <laughs> in last year, and uh, yeah, I, I don't know if that's true or not because Sean Payton's coming in, probably bringing his own guy. But so they got <laughs> probably him. right too. Yeah. You, you, hey, that, hey, both are probably true, but that but that's the way it is. I I, I had one of my uh, one of my guys were um, Garoppolo when he got hurt the first time and didn't run out of bounds. And he not got his knee to, tore up. You yeah. know, they find his physical condition. The coach makes after the season said it was his fault. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Well, uh, <clears throat> let's talk a little bit about your career with the Packers. Uh, is three seasons? Is that correct? Yeah, three seasons. Yep, three seasons. Okay, and uh, so. Did you increasingly get more reps as you went? And uh, do you feel like you uh, began to feel more comfortable with the fullback position? And, uh, you know, how how, how how did all that go for you? Well, this is how that transpired. I had, a, like I said, I had a great coach with Edgar Bennett. You know, um, yeah. he's a Florida State guy, uh, a Packer, a Packer Hall of Fame. He was more, he was more running back coach, you know. Um, Talking to him, he even said in the meetings, he brought us in there. He said, "Listen, it was a numbers game. We got all these. We got we had probably three running backs, and we're gonna have two fullbacks. He's gonna dress, and we're gonna have another fullback. Either gonna be a practice squad or whatever, you know. So he bring you here. Hey, you either gonna be a starter or you gonna be a special team player. You gonna be one or the other. And right. my my first in my first year, how I made the team in Green Bay, I was a special team player." I know how to play special teams. I can play kickoff, kickoff return, pump, front return. I was on all special teams. And being able to play special teams, you know, I will value. Are you valuable to the kids? Because not everybody plays special teams in the pros. You might think not. No, everybody can't play. Everybody don't get out. A lot of starters don't play no special teams, or they might play one. Yeah. So I play special teams, and that made me. Uh, when I would play special teams, that made me get a look on the practice field. I remember in training camp, I was getting one snap a day. I was getting one snap in training camp. We had four fullbacks, and I would get like one snap. But that one snap, I made sure I did my job and made sure I knocked my man out of there, made a hole. 
So during the beginning of the training camp to the end of the training camp, I would take it three or four snaps, you know, three or four snaps a period. I went from one snap a day to take it three or four because I was doing my job doing it right. Not only that, I was playing special teams. So they seen the value in me playing special teams. I was a young fullback, and they felt like I had a lot of upside and stuff. Right. Now, what special teams were you on? Kickoff, uh, kickoff return. I was on uh, punt, punt return. I played all of them. I either was on field goal, the field goal unit, the up back on field goal. So you just you just did whatever you had to do to, yeah. just to make the team. You did what you had to do. That's a good and back, point. We yeah. did what we had to do to make the team. And back then, it's illegal now. We had what you call wedge buses. You know, yeah. my job was just to go down and hit the wedge in the middle and just destroy it. That was it. Yeah, we had a similar kid, Carolina. Uh, that uh, he bounced around different positions and eventually ended up a tight end. And then went up to Green Bay and played special teams for a few years. Uh, Ryan Taylor. So, uh, yeah, I think that was after you, but uh, kind of a similar situation. He was a tough kid too. He'd hit you. Yeah. Um, so, what then took you to the Saints? Well, uh, this this is another blessing. This is another blessing, and in, in, uh, this is another blessing in disguise. Uh, uh, a sad, a sad story, but a blessing in disguise. Not that sad, you know. Um, we played against uh, Chicago. I made the team. I'm just going into my third year in Green Bay. You yeah. know, uh, I made the team. You know, um, I started the first. I started the first game of the year. We played Chicago. All right. Yeah. Um, Amon Green had over 100 yards of rushing. You know, um, I knocked Hillemeyer on Honey Hillemeyer. I knocked him out on the ISO, a weak side ISO. I knocked him out, knocked him out the game. I took him out, I crushed him. I lead out, so boom, knocked him out the game. So, you know, after the after the game, the next day, we're in meetings. You know, Chicago ended up going to the Super Bowl that year. So, we're in the meetings and stuff. The coach stood up, the head coach stood up in, the, in front of the meetings and said, you know, the only um the only bright side we had on offense, you know, our mind green and Vontae Leach. I I graded out ninety three percent. I um I graded out ninety three percent. Amon Green had over hundred yards. Bam, you know, I'm thinking I'm good. So um I always in Green Bay, I always rent, you know, I always stay in the hotel, I just rent a place until, you know, I know I'm gonna be on the team and stuff. So after the season when I rent the place, I turned the key in. You know, I just ran it for the season and gone. Yeah. I had just, on Tuesdays, I off day. I just went and got me an apartment. I just went and got me an apartment. I just finished putting my stuff, my last piece of furniture in my apartment. I get a call. I'm like, dang, somebody calling me. I looked at my phone and it got work on there. I said, man, somebody calling me for work. Let me see what they're on. Um, it was, uh, it was one of our personnel guys. He was like, hey, Vontae, um, come up here. I, I need to talk to you. We, uh, we're about to cut you. I was like, what? He was like, just like that, we have, man, we're about to let you go. So I called my running back coach. He had no idea, you know, which is, a lot of this going to the running back coach, a position coach, so he had no idea. I called him on the phone, like, yo, hey, listen here. I'm on the way to the office. They're about to cut me. He said, uh, he said, hey, man, come to, um, come see me first. That's best. He, he didn't even know he was. Fear somebody say, Come see me first, and I want to talk to you and stuff. Where you go, man. So I went and talked to him, you know, gave him the best luck, anything you can do to help me, whatever, blah, blah, blah. 
They cut me. This is how the NFL stuff works. Within within 24 hours, I was on the flight to New Orleans. They picked me up off waivers. They picked, they picked yeah. me up off waivers, off the waiver wire. Now, they picked me up. This is another reason why they picked me up. They played Green Bay the same week. We played Green Bay the same week at Green um, at Green Bay. So I, I, I've been up there. This is how the league works. I've been up there in Green Bay at that time for three years. So I knew all the signals. I knew everything. I knew the whole offense and I knew everything. So I seen the guys had wristbands on. We had to change the calls and change the what's called because doing doing a uh, third down and doing a uh, third down on um, Fridays and go third down on Thursday and Friday. I used to call out all the signals, you know, Brett get up there signal stuff. And I used to call them out for the running backs to let them know what was going on, let them know what he's signaling and stuff. So they had to change all this stuff just for that game, just because wow. I knew all the signals. So it, it was crazy. But we ended up beating them. But it was it was pretty good and pretty awesome. Um, I actually didn't dress for uh, the Saints when I was there. I was there three weeks. I didn't dress out in the game, but I was there practicing everything. I was also there um, – First game back in Katrina, I was actually with the Saints. Um, seen that game, you know, so, so yeah. And I take it back to the year. I take it back to the year before when Mike Sherman got fired from Green Bay. I take this back, you know. Uh, the year yeah. before, year before Mike Sherman got, got to Green Bay because who I was talking about was Coach now with Mike McCarthy. But the year before Mike McCarthy, got, Mike Sherman got fired. I'll tell you how this stuff works, how you never want to burn bridges, how you uh, always want to keep in contact with people that you play with, you talk to. This league and this fraternity and stuff, it, it's one it's a one degree of separation. You know, um, so Mike Sherman got fired. When Mike Sherman got fired, you know, our last game, um, I was ready to go home. It was Green Bay cold. I was like, man, I, my car's already packed. I'm gone. One of my uh, veteran guys, William Henderson, talked to me, hey, man, go up there and tell Mike Sherman, you know, thank you. You know, you don't know you might see him again or whatever. Now, listen, Mike Sherman was the head coach in the gym in Green Bay. He walked yeah. by you probably, he walked by you probably didn't speak to you. Like, didn't speak to you, didn't do nothing. But that was his personality. So I said, man, I really don't want to go in there. But I went in there and I knocked on his door. Make a long story. I knocked on his door. He stopped me down. He was like, I Vontae, I really appreciate that. You know, that means a lot to me. You don't know how this thing gonna play out. You know, we may see each other again. Blah blah blah, all that kind of stuff. And I was like, yeah, right. But no, no lie. He said, I probably see you again. You know, um, you could play in this league a long time and everything. So fast forward to when I got cut by the Saints. Mike Sherman now is the Offensive coordinator for the Houston Texans. Yeah. So that's how I got to Houston after the Saints cut me. Because Mike Sherman was there and he wanted a fullback that could run the offense. So right. that's that's how the really sort of way how the story of Vontae really got started. You know, Mike Sherman had a big part in part as in Green Bay and in Houston or getting me to Houston and bringing me to H Town. Gotcha. Well, that's very interesting. <laughs> smart of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's smart. Hey, just taking, just taking a veteran advice, and, and you know, and listening. You know, uh, it's not always 
about you. Sometimes just listen to other people that's been through it or going through what you're going through. So just take he yeah. just take some advice from somebody. You know, you don't always have to be the smartest person in the room, but if you listen, you can learn a lot. Yeah, I mean, I think collegiate football, professional football. I mean, you know, it's it's about who you know. That's for sure. And uh, yep. you, know, you don't want to burn bridges. I burned a few in my day, but uh, you know, <laughs> trying not to do that. Uh, as I got older, I kind of uh, didn't care a whole lot if I burned a bridge because I was becoming more financially secure. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> that's how that works. But. Uh, so were you there for like a year before you signed for eight million? Uh, yes, I was there for six. I was there for six months. Uh, six, yeah, the year, the year about six months. Um, I actually had that story went out. Um, I went worked out for the Texans. They wanted me to sign a three year deal, and I told them I wasn't going to sign a one year deal. So I went back and forth, back and forth. So I finally signed, and I signed for the one year deal. And the fullback ended up getting hurt. To make a long story short, you know, I was there making the offense look good, making it work. Uh, won't play in any games. I went to the head coach. When I never forget we played against um, we played against Oakland. Um, during that week, I, I seen Kubiak, Coach Kubiak, which we still text and stuff to this day. I seen him yeah. in the trainer. I said, I said, hey, coach, you know, um, I need to talk to you for a second. I said, listen, I make these plays look good all during the week, you know. I'm taking scout team in, first team reps. My guy's only playing on Sundays and stuff. I don't think that's fair. You know, I said, uh, I want to play. He looked at me. He said, he looked damn nice. Devante, you're exactly right. He said, um, you, I guarantee you're going to play this week. He said, you know what? You're probably going to start. So um, that game, that day, that's, um, that's the first time I started in Houston. And the rest is history. I never looked back. What's I uh, Started that first game. Um, that first game that year, once I started that game, I running by uh, rushing run from like 80 yards or 75 yards a game to 100 something yards a game. Then after that year, I was a free agent, and that's when I signed for eight million. Gotcha. Well, one of the questions I had too was, uh, I don't know who all your strength coaches were, but you know, when I had you, I was constantly. I only had one thing that I was concerned about, and that was getting you to bend. Oh yeah, hey, listen. So, uh, <laughs> did you uh, hey. did you work on that a lot as far as your mobility? I, I, well, I, I did. We worked on it a lot, you know. But you know, bring up my fullback position. I worked on it a lot. What I, what I usually do, um, end up getting smart, end up getting scratches, end up getting somebody hire somebody to scratch me out twice a week, you know. Yeah. Um, I just have somebody that uh, stretch me out twice a week. I just get massages, that help, you know, yeah. all the kind of just working on different kind of stuff. I, never being the most flexible, flexible guy in the world, but also I think that also helped me at my fullback position because yeah. I was just so compact and stuff. So right. you know, um, I used it, used it for my, used it for my strength and for my, you know, what's called. But I'm still not, I'm still stiff as a board, coach. <laughs> <laughs> Well, those power angles are important, but uh, you had so much explosion, you probably didn't need so much of an angle. <laughs> and uh, you probably had success uh, knocking people back just with your upper body punch, I would imagine. <laughs> uh, so uh, uh, was it 2010 that you got uh, selected for the first Pro Bowl? 
Yes, 2010. Um, that year, Aaron Foster led the league in rushing. Um, um, he led the league in rushing. Um, and then after that year, me and him made the Pro Bowl. That was actually my first Pro Bowl. And what people don't understand, in the two years before, I was an alternate Pro Bowler. But, you yeah. know, nobody never talked about alternate. But, yes, but um, yeah. 2010 was my first Pro Bowl with, uh, with Aaron Foster when he led the league in rushing. Okay, and then 2011 again, correct? 2011 again, yes. That was then, with uh, the, that was with the Ravens. 2011, then the 2012 was also with the Ravens, which it didn't play in because it went to the Super Bowl. Right. And uh, I read a little bit about how the Giants were very interested in you. And uh, was that when uh, Houston was also interested in you, or was that when the Ravens were interested in you? Well, both both times, okay? okay, both times, both times the Giants were interested in me. Uh, I think they were um, the both times they were interested in me. Uh, they wanted to sign me when I first signed. After they actually signed me to an offer sheet, Giants signed me to an offer sheet for the same uh, for, uh, for the same uh, four years, eight million that Houston. Giants had signed me, so Houston had the right to match. If Houston matched it, I could stay with Houston. If Houston didn't match that, I was going to go to New York. So that's how that worked. That's that's what that was. Then when I became a free agent again in 2010, you know, um, the Giants also was interested in me. Yeah. But around that time with the Ravens, you signed for then $11 million. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> when I, when I, when I went up a little bit, but the years went three years, eleven minutes. So it was pretty, it was pretty good. <laughs> yes, sir. Not so, bad. Yes. Not bad for a Lumberton young man. Not not bad for a country boy from Robinson County that grew up in the top one stop like it was, it was pretty good. You know, um, it was it was exciting. It was a um, uh, uh, breath of air. You know, I really wanted to stay with Houston. I think we had something going good that was going. That, they didn't try to keep me, you know. I, I got to a strength yeah. for them, you know. Every time we stepped out on the field, and Aaron Foster ran for ran for hundred yards, that the price tag got up there and up there, you know. Yeah, and that's was they weren't willing to put on the fullback, and I just the business of it. I understood that, you know. Um, so uh, I got with the Ravens, you know. This how this a piece to the puzzle to help me get over the Super Bowl. I had no idea that the Ravens wanted me. They had already had Leron McClain there, which I thought was the good fullback, but whatever happened with them. I don't know. It's not for me to speculate, but you know, hey, they called me. They said they wanted me. I was on the first thing. Um, I was on the first thing there, and like I said, we we jailed together. The, the fans loved me there. The team was great. The, the guys to hang around, to be around. We had a great time on and off the field. It was the guys just messed together. Gotcha. Um, so. We didn't mention also that you uh, were selected for a, a third Pro Bowl. Yeah. But you just happened to be preparing for the Super Bowl. Correct. So you had to uh, prioritize the Super Bowl. So, uh, <laughs> you know, tell me a little bit about your Super Bowl experience. And uh, the other thing I was wondering about, too, is uh, tell me about, like, your mama and grandma through all this stuff and, you know uh, – they must have been well, just elated and uh, to go through all these experiences with you. 
yeah, my well, my mom, you know, how she was a lady, you know, my mom didn't never fly, didn't ever get on the plane. She was some somebody never flew before. Her first time flying was actually when I was in Houston. We bought out there. How you couldn't stop her from flying, you know. I went yeah. out there one time to a game, shoulder stuff. You, you couldn't, um, you couldn't, like I said, you couldn't, um, you couldn't get away from flying. Now she wanted to come to every game, you know. Um, when I when I was, I actually lost my grandmother in 2010. Okay, I actually lo- I lo- lost my grandmother. She passed away. Uh, I actually passed away while I was in training camp. Um, I'm on the first day of training camp. She passed. I. Uh, I got a call that morning that she had died. You know, I had to go to training camp the next day. Uh, I go to practice. I leave practice uh three or four o'clock, fly home, take care of the funeral arrangements, everything else. Uh, fly back, then fly in for the funeral, and I'm out the next day. So you didn't really have no time to grieve and that, but in that business, this is the way it is, you know. And she was the, the lifeline of the family. Um, she was the backbone. Um, she held everything together, and she would have been very proud of you know her grandson. She always have. Um, I still got my um, my books that she always kept, or my newspaper clippings and stuff. I got three or four books, you know, through my career from high school on up to college. Then when I was in the newspaper, that she kept all the clippings. But yeah. like I said, my my mom was very like very happy, you know, um, very happy. She got the experience that when I. When I signed to Baltimore, that was the first time that ever that, you know, um, that I was within driving distance. So my family was up there every game. Every home game, my family was in Baltimore. I, I had 20 tickets plus each game, you know, um, so my family always came and I always supported me. Yeah, that's awesome. So uh, very exciting to win a Super Bowl, get a Super Bowl ring. <laughs> I won't even ask you what you did after you won the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, this, 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 they had a lot of parties going on, and we, we, we had a good time. But you know, um, yeah. winning, the, winning the Super Bowl, well, winning the Super Bowl, you know, there are a lot of guys that played this game. There are a lot of guys that's Hall of Famers. Um, never got a chance to even play in the Super Bowl. The, the look back, the win one is is more special. You. You are part of the elite crew that that, that has a Super Bowl ring. Uh, that people uh, this weekend they're going to be a winner and they're going to be a loser of the Super Bowl ring. But just to get the experience to play in the Super Bowl, uh, from the media to the uh, to the, the uh, to the celebration of you going to yeah. the town, the city that you're in, man. I'm telling you, it's it's one experience that I wish everybody got a chance to experience, even with that confetti fall, you know, I'm out there playing in it with my daughter. That's something, you know, that she's going to remember, my family's going to remember for the rest of the life. I had them on the field with me, so it's just one of those things, man. You can't, you, I can tell you how it is, but until you experience for yourself, until you experiment for yourself, you can't describe it. Well, I'm not sure how many former Pirates experienced the Super Bowl? There's been a few. Uh, George gave me tickets to the one in New Orleans. And uh, so I went to that that Packers Super Bowl. And uh, it was a very interesting experience. After the Super Bowl, uh, the place that I was staying, I woke up and somebody was in my room robbing my room. 
Oh, wow. New Orleans. Yeah. <laughs> I jumped out of bed and the guy ran out the door, but I mean, I'm glad I'm still alive, basically. But uh, oh, yeah. wow. that was kind of my uh, not so good Super Bowl experience, that part of it. <laughs> uh, but I did have fun for about three days. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, I kind of been asking everybody this uh, who's been yeah. in the NFL and, uh, you know, what are the things that kill an NFL career and uh, what are the behaviors and the involvements and things like that, 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 uh, that, you know, young guys going in the league need to know about and need as far as making the right decisions and uh, developing a good reputation with people uh, who are influencing other people around the league to keep you in the league possibly. And especially when you come in as a free agent, you don't see, I don't even know of any free agents that I've heard of that have accomplished what you've accomplished when, you know, you went in there as a free agent and uh, had just an incredible career uh, and really the highest accomplishments that anybody could have in the NFL. So uh, I know you can offer up a few things there for us. Yeah, okay. For, for first off, you know, what you want to tell guys, and especially when they first get to the league, to the league and stuff, listen, um, choose your choose your friends and stuff wisely. That might sound that might sound like cliche or something, but no. Choose your friends who you hang with on the team, whoever you hang with outside of the team. Choose them wisely, you know. Um, you're, when you're a rookie, you can't do everything that the bankers and stuff do. Uh, you can't go out like they go out. You can't spend money like they can. You know, just choose your friends and watch. Have somebody get with a veteran for your mentorship. Yeah. Um, get, get one that's been in there a long time, that's been there a long time, that's doing the right things. You know, um, just like anything, you're going to make some mistakes. You're going to make some, you're going to make some mistakes. You're going to, do something that you're not always going to do the right thing. But what you have to do, you have to learn from the people around you and the people before you that have made mistakes and, and stuff. Um, also, uh, getting your book, stud, stud, study. Uh, get you a habit of you studying, studying the game. You watch your film, you know, uh, you watch the film. Take care of your body. If you don't take care of your body, you can't make the money. Your body can't take care of you. Your body, once you're, if you can't take care of your body, you're not gonna have nothing to, nothing to rely on. Your body's gonna fail if you don't take care of it. You know, um, eat right, get your rest. You know, um, these guys these days they got these machines and stuff. These days it's unbelievable. You don't have to stay in a cold tub for 20, 20, 30 minutes at a time like we used to. They got the chiro thing, two or three minutes. They done. Yeah. They got the they got the salt water baths. Take care of you, but they got the salt water tub. Take care of your bodies and do the right things with your body. Get massages. Get stretched out. Your body is the most important. Your mind and your body is the most important thing. Like I said, watch film, study. You always, you always want. Each year I get into. Each year I went up in the league. I always, I have my stuff down. What I looked at, looked at what offensive linemen do. What is the, what are the wide receivers looking at when they come to run blocking? What are they doing? Who do they got? I would know who I got. Now, now that you take it a step farther, who they got? That's how you know. When you really become a pro, you look, you can tell who everybody else blocking and stuff. 
I'll make sure job a whole lot easier. Somebody miss a block, so you pick up their block because they're going to pick up yours. So just stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I've met some coaches that have that gift that can pretty much tell you what everybody did, you know. Uh, my dad was like that. Yeah, I thought he had a special gift for that. Uh, but that that makes a big difference in, uh, <laughs> you know, in, in someone being a, a good coach or a great coach. Uh, yep. Make somebody be the average player, the good player, or a great player. It's only this much difference between a good player and a great player. It's only this much difference. Whoever put the, the most work in, the study the game, take care of the body, uh, watch film, you know, it can tell you a whole lot of stuff. Right. Uh, <clears throat> well, you know, I, th- I really think that uh, particularly in the collegiate, at the collegiate level, you know, during my career, I always was concerned with losing people, you know, uh, because you, I'm sitting there two, three years developing somebody and then, then all of a sudden they're gone. And through my career, I saw probably over 100 guys leave because of marijuana. That was the number one culprit. So I always, of course, make reference to that. And, you know, of course, different schools had different kind of different policies. Rules, yep. <laughs> Some people would give you a chance to get counseling first. Uh, you know, Steve, of course, uh, I really admired Steve in a lot of ways, but, you know, he didn't play when it came to that kind of stuff, you know. And it, when you set that kind of standard, it makes a difference because now your team has some discipline. And that discipline is going to carry over to the field on game day, you know. And I, I believe that till I'm dead, you know, nobody's going to convince me anywhere different. But you know, discipline was always very important to me. And uh, so, um, do you uh, do you remember? Let's say, uh, let's talk about mentors through your career. You know, okay. Who were your most significant mentors, whether it was a coach, a player? Can you name a couple people? Yes, okay. My mentor, uh, one of my number one was growing up, my coach that I had, you know, um, Ricky McKinnon. He was a janitor at the school, and he was was a janitor at middle school and was a coach. Um, And he he was a coach, so he was one of my mentors. Um, Mike Brill, my my high school football coach. yeah. I named, I also named uh, William Henderson, Edgar Ben. You know, I had guys that, you know, that still some good stuff in me. My coach, Chick Harris, you know, when I was with, um, when I was with um, Texas and also Wilbert Montgomery, you know, another, another Hall of Fame for the Philadelphia, uh, Philadelphia Eagles and stuff. You, you know, yeah. then we get, those guys that, that, uh, that I looked up, that I looked up to, uh, Guys that I played with or played for that is still, like you said, a lot of good stuff. I mean, that taught me some stuff. I taught, I learned something different from each one of the guys, kind of how I mold myself, you know, yeah. whether it was on whether it was on the field, off the field, whether it was in film work, how you look at film, how you prepare. I learned something different from each one of those guys. Gotcha. Well, you know, I got to – I don't have anything to do with East Carolina now, even though I got this purple and gold shirt on today. But, but, uh, I, you know, what I noticed during the time that I, you know, I got to, you know, coach at Carolina for 10 years. uh, If you made it to the NFL, I mean, you had to kind of, you know, 
not just get to camp. You had to make it. Yep. But like, you know, Carolina had your picture and had, you know, stuff about all the guys that made it to the league everywhere that you could possibly see, including murals in the stadium that they painted. Yep. I don't know what all, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I would I would love to see ECU recognize all the guys that played in the league just in a more I mean just in a stronger way where it might help recruiting. And I know that they're building this new indoor facility, so uh I may be thinking I'm kind of hinting around, hey. <laughs> well, I'm I'm not about it anymore, you know, I, but the, Yeah. I would love to see a lot of the guys that I coached recognized. And I was talking about the guys I coached, the guys that Skip Holtz coach, whoever. But the guys that made it to the league and had a significant career, I just believe that they need to be recognized uh, somehow, whether it's in the stadium or wherever. But uh, I just think that, you know, that the school could do a lot better job of that as far as attracting recruits and educating even the fan base about, you know, hey, you could talk to some of the young fan base and say, you know who Rod Coleman was? Now, I never heard of him. Well, guess what? He was one of the best defensive linemen in the NFL for a number of years, and he played right here, you know. So, uh, uh, so. That's kind of my bone of contention, but uh, <laughs> so I'm just going to throw that out. <laughs> and, uh, and Vontae Leach has a lot more influence than I have around. <laughs> you know, sure. But. <laughs> you know what? Um, I, I like to echo, you know, what you were saying, but what, what I would like to say is that uh, we're getting better. ECU is yeah. getting better. I think we still, we still got some ways to go. Yeah. But we are we are getting better within the new uh when our old I think what was when you was there was our old trading room and stuff. Going yeah. through there they, there is a pro wall going through it. There is yeah. a pro wall that that is highlighted that when you go through there it changed colors. It got people names and stuff on them. You know, um, I think hopefully like you said, hopefully with that new practice facility and stuff, we get uh we can get, you know, some uh, some players, the former players' names on it. We will see, but you know, yeah. I just what I want, what I want to see done, what I would like to see done, bringing more of the players back that played, more bringing yeah. them back more. That no matter if you played in the league or not, you know, just bring something we have to do to bring them boys around, get the boys involved, bring them around the guys that you know they help build the place. You know that the people right. even before me, after me, you know, during me. You know all that kind of stuff. I, I would like to see that happen because I know a lot of schools and stuff. They have something that they bring the guys back, the guys back there every weekend and stuff. I just hope that we can get to a point where we can do that. Gotcha. Uh, well, <clears throat> I really appreciate you being on the show, and uh, I just love to hear about your story because I learned a lot of things myself today that I didn't know about your story. And uh, I think it needed to be told. And I think there's a lot of other stories that need to be told. And that's kind of what I'm uh, endeavoring to do with this podcast. <laughs> and uh, just uh, I really like to seek out a lot of uh, highly successful people who have overcome things through their faith to be uh, to be great. And, uh, you know, 
I'm just going to say one thing about a scripture here. This is uh, Colossians uh, 3.23, because this is how I see Vate Leach. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord, not unto man. So whatever thou put thy hand to, do it with all thy might. And that's what Vate Leach always did. And uh, I know that because when I was watching you play with the Ravens and, and, and the Texans, I saw you road grade a whole lot of people, and I really enjoyed that. So I know that guy. Uh, well, 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 I thank you. Know, I just like to say, you know, I can't do it without, you know, without bed above, and I thank him for for, for uh, all the many blessings that he has stored upon me and my family, and all that's yet to come. Well, I'm going to go ahead and uh, close out. Thanks again. Uh, this is Jeff Connors, Absolute Empowerment. God bless, and we'll see you next week. Thanks a lot, Vontae. All right, thanks, Coach. You've been listening to Absolute Empowerment with Coach Jeff Connors on the Sports Objective. Join us every Monday night for a new edition of the show. Listen to the show pretty much everywhere podcasts are found. Be sure to follow us on social media at the Sports OBJ on Twitter and TikTok, at the Sports Objective on Instagram. Like and follow our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel. As always, we appreciate you listening to the show, and go Pirates!